When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The wind howled like crazy for hours before nighttime. I remember being in my living room and watching the news, waiting for a severe weather alert signal to go off, but it never came. The weather also wasn't talking about strong winds, which got me thinking that maybe it was only in our town. I lived somewhere north in the beautiful state of Minnesota, in a town that was pretty much still frozen in time, with 50s themed diners, except that they weren't themed, they just weren't renovated with the years. We had one motel, one diner, one gas station, one church. See, it's the kind of town that wasn't really on Google Maps because of how deep in the woods it was. We didn't even have cable TV, only satellite. And cell phone reception was terrible, like, real bad. Not that anyone in town except the kids really cared about having a phone or internet. Even in the late 2000s, most residents were 45-plus-year-old folks who worked at the toilet paper factory next town, or people who sold handmade stuff to neighboring towns. We had a guy doing excellent honey-flavored homebrew. A gal who made natural medicine with herbs she picked between the trees. And if I were to put a number, I'd say maybe we were 500 in town, but no, I think that's pushing it. Anyway, we didn't even have a real grocery store. We're a real local economy since we were so small. If we needed milk, we had to drive 15 minutes to get to the next town's grocery store. For most people, my town would be considered... A hole. But for those of us who live there and love the calm and the trees, well, this was paradise. Until it wasn't anymore. Now, as I said, I noticed something was off early. We lived in the countryside and our town was full of trees. So we didn't usually get severe weather alerts often. I've never seen a tornado and a hurricane well. That was out of the question. Minnesota was too far inland to get one of those. We also didn't have violent winds that much, but the house was shaking and creaking that evening. My house was a renovated chalet, and while it wasn't made of wood like the olden days, it wasn't a flawless construction. The wind was so strong it made the whole building wince. To give you an idea of how windy it was, and because of that wind, we lost electricity before 9pm, which isn't much of a problem when you're not the type to stay up late to watch TV. My wife showered quickly with what was left of the hot water, and then promptly went to sleep. But I lit up an old lamp and did crosswords, still worried that the house would fold in on itself with all that wind. I stayed up three more hours, and in the last hour the wind was even worse. 
and the house complained a lot. I even wondered if it wouldn't be better to get my wife and sleep at a motel instead, but I ultimately decided against it. Then, when it was time to give up on staying awake, it all stopped. The wincing, the wind. It was so sudden that I instantly knew something terrible was about to go down. I stood up from my chair and looked outside the bay window. The street was empty and there wasn't a light up at my neighbors on the other side of the road. I couldn't tell if the lights were on and my neighbors to the left and the right since there were many trees between us, but everything felt so oddly dead. Hell, I could feel dread tying my stomach into a knot. I could feel the impending doom. I lived in a semi-wilderness with more trees than the neighbors. There were never complete silences. Even without the wind, I should have been able to hear the crickets, the bugs, the birds, you know, nature sounds. But when I stood up in my chair, everything went silent as the dead. I could hear my heartbeat. Hell, I can almost hear the flow of my blood, especially since it, too, almost went still upon realizing how quiet everything was around me. Now after spending hours dealing with the whining house and the winds that threatened to break down my house like a big bad wolf on a straw house, this was far too quiet to be reassuring. And then, after the longest minute of my life, it finally started. The ground started to quake. The slow, it was barely noticeable at first. You see, I thought I was the one shaking. But then the sound came like reverse wind, as if something was being aspired toward the sky. The sound of the ground quaking started to increase as it shook harder. Then, the area around my house and for miles, as I looked out the window, seemed to glow a light purple. My neighbor's house is white, and it looked like it was put under a black light. The ground shook harder and the intensity of the sound and the quaking increased by the seconds. Within 30 seconds, the whole house was shaking. The windows were cracking. Plates were falling from the cabinets. And my wife woke up in a panic. I rushed to her as I tried to keep my footing. But the ground was shaking so hard it felt like everything was going to fall apart soon. I ran into our room and stood in the doorframe, where I hugged my wife and hoped for the best. And two seconds later, it all stopped suddenly again. But only for a fraction of a second. A strong gust of wind then made all our windows explode at once, and the building winced one last time before starting to fall apart. Now, don't ask me how my wife and I made it outside, but... We were lucky to do so. I haven't had time to get the truck's keys as I pulled my wife along. As we stepped out into the house and fell into the grass of our front yard, we could only watch in horror as our home was destroyed. And you'd think that we would be focused entirely on that. But no. Something else, something way bigger than our house, was now in our field of view and we couldn't tear our gaze away from that. I think Melody asked me what it was, but I mean, it's not like I could answer. It wasn't the classic flying saucer they described in so many media outlets. No, it looked like the thing my wife uses to straighten her hair, 
a flat iron. The underside glowed purple, but the spaceship was pitch black. I couldn't see a single window or a single panel. It was smooth from nose to ass and glowing purple on the underside. Get in the car, Mel. I saw one of the many purple lights flash into our front yard and decided I didn't want to wait and see what it did. I got into the truck with my wife, threw the car in reverse, got the hell out of there. See, that was the wisest decision I've ever taken because, well, within a minute, something was materializing in my front yard. Something the likes of which I'd never seen before. It wasn't humanoid in shape. It wasn't one of those little gray alien things. It was all sharpness and angles. Now my first thought, Transformers. But it didn't look like a robot either. I didn't need light to tell me that the skin wasn't metal. The purple glow showed me precisely what it was and how otherworldly it looked. What I thought was the head was shaped in a triangle with a single purple light wrapping around the top. It didn't have a mouth either, and its body seemed to morph with each of its movements. There were no bones, no muscles or metals, yet it looked solid as a tank. I reached the street and put my car back into drive. My tires screeched as I drove out, but I looked into the rearview mirror and saw that thing aim something at my neighbor's house, which was already in shambles and this thing set the rest of it on fire. Purple fire. It actually just didn't hit the home though. It set the entire area ablaze. I was pretty sure that if it aimed at us, we would burn too. I pushed down the accelerator and broke a thousand laws, but I was getting out of there. Or so I thought, because about 20 seconds later, I was hit by the very same purple glow, but from another direction. Remember I said multiple lights coming out of the saucer? I just found another one. The truck was sent flying and we barrel rolled until we hit a tree at just the right angle not to kill us, but stun us pretty good. I think we passed out for about 20 minutes. The heat in the car was so hot that touching anything meant getting burned, and the whole reason we didn't burn instantly was probably because we weren't the primary target. Or maybe we were at the end of the firing zone, I don't know, who knows, you know, but did we get lucky? Well, I guess he could say that. All I know is that there wasn't a single explosion sound around me, and everything was burning, and the flames were all purple. See, a new kind of fire that I'd never seen before. I was wounded, so was Melody. She passed right out head dangling over her chest and blood just pouring out of her face. The window on the driver's side broke during the impact, and I had a gigantic glass shard in my left shoulder. I also had a concussion, but we needed to get out of that car unless we wanted to burn. I started by freeing Melody from the belt, then myself. Since the car was on its side, getting out wasn't easy. I had to kick open the passenger's door and help Melody out before getting myself out. About 20 feet ahead of the wreck, everything was burned to a crisp. Even the road we came from, I mean, the asphalt was gone. It was just an enormous crater like you'd see in the movies. I grabbed Melody and forced her awake. 
and had her climb on my back. We couldn't stay there. The vehicle was kaput. We were both wounded, so I went deep into the forest and started jogging. I know that I was walking toward the next town and hoping that we didn't get on the radar of one of those aliens. But I could hear helicopters in the background, and soon, the sound of explosions. Far more familiar to me than the weird noises from the aliens firing. My heart tightened, knowing that it meant someone sent rescuers to town. Unfortunately, they weren't there to rescue us as much as they were to stop the invaders. To my left, I could hear the distant sounds of car alarms going off, explosions, screams. I could smell the fire burning. On my right, the weird aspirating noise and the threat of those T-1000 copycat aliens. I now remember what they made me think of. She was that Terminator with liquid metal body. Those alien bodies looked exactly like that, except that they weren't kind enough to be friendly shaped like the T-1000. No, they just kept their strange angles and sharpness. I don't know how long I jogged, but eventually I collapsed. I was losing too much blood, and with Melody's weight on my back, I couldn't stand anymore. I made my way to the road hoping to find help, and I collapsed. And, uh, well, I did not find help. But that thing found me instead. And though it didn't have eyes, it stared down me the same way. I stared down bugs before I crushed them with my boot. That's just how it is in nature. You're either the one doing the crushing, or you're the one being destroyed. And so let me tell you that not being on top of the food chain is not an incredible feeling. I know how these creatures feel before I come with my boot and no mercy. And at that point, I didn't have any prayers left. I was just so tired. I stared at it one last time, said a quick goodbye to my wife, who was lying down next to me, and I closed my eyes. And then the sounds of explosions and gunfire and screeching metal woke me the hell up. The thing had now completely lost interest in me as the military advanced on it. I was dizzy, my mouth was dry, my tongue was parched, and I had zero energy left. But I knew I needed to get help. I saw fully equipped and armored soldiers shoot at that thing with weapons that I've never seen before. I stood up on sheer willpower, grabbed my wife, and started hobbling in the opposite direction. I could barely keep my eyes open, but soon, from the direction I was coming in, a blinding white light. They say not to go in the light, but hell, I went to the light because it wasn't purple for once, and that was the right decision. My wife and I finally got the help that we were looking for and we were taken away from the fight. I could still hear the sound of my town being destroyed as we were carried away in an armored truck. There were maybe six other passengers besides us, two of whom I'd recognized as the homebrew guy and his girlfriend. We were given first care on our way to what I thought would be the hospital, but it wasn't. We were led somewhere underground, maybe two hours away from our town the government kept us there for six months. We had to pass a bunch of medical tests. 
We had blood samples taken every week. I mean, I'm not really complaining here, though. We were fed proper and given all right rooms. It was all too white for my taste, though, and I wanted out. But they couldn't just let us out after being in close quarters with those things. So for six months, I didn't know what happened to our town. Our neighbors? <laughs> well, I only saw the same 26 people that were rescued. So I assumed everyone else had died. On the 26 we were on day one, we ended up only 14 by the end of six months. Hell, I have no idea what happened to the 12 others and, well, frankly, I learned not to question it. I had a feeling that if we didn't fully cooperate, Melody and I would be number 13 and 14 that disappeared. At the end of the six months, we were given non-disclosure agreements to sign. 80 years. <laughs> so, as you can guess, more than what my wife and I had left to live. The government covered up the whole incident and monitored the area tightly if they decided to come back. Our town was taken off the maps and turned into a military zone, a la Area 51, if you will. I'm sure they got one of those things somewhere in the basement. But again, I wasn't asking any questions. However, Melody and I did receive a hefty sum of money. We did get a no-travel order, and we were relocated to Minnesota. We lost our rights to travel, our home and our town. But at least, we're still breathing. Just, uh... Don't let the government know where you heard this story. That's my only request. <laughs>